Are you an aspiring creative in entertainment, business, fashion, design, or the arts? Do you want to elevate your creative passion project to the next level? Then this show is for you. Whether you want a career in television, film, radio, literature, music, or beyond, Creative Breakthrough will show you how to take your dreams and turn them into reality. This show will not only leave you feeling motivated and inspired, but also provide you real-life tools to pursue the creative journey you have always wanted. I'm your host, creative coach, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassab, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. Yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle. Sarah Thauer is a self-taught drummer based in Toronto, Canada. She's currently freelancing, touring, recording, and performing with international artists playing various genres including jazz, fusion, Latin, gospel, funk, R&B, hip-hop, Indian, and world music. Sara has shared the stage and played with many popular artists, including, and I apologize for butchering any of these names, A.R. Rehman, George Watsky, Robert Spudsierwright, Jane Bennett, Charlotte Day Wilson, Tyler Shaw, Ruth B., Osman Mir, Shweta Subram, Jeremy Ledbetter, Salem Suleiman, Benny Dial, Thompson Egbo Egbo, Roger and Sam Grandison, to name a few. Sarah endorses a wide line of products and is the brand ambassador for the company Remit B. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Sarah, welcome to the guest chair. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. So let's get started. I really love asking my guests, how did your creative journey start? Yes. So for me, I started playing drums when I was about two years old. My dad's a musician and there would be instruments laying around the house. I would just hop on some drums and um, he invited me to play with him on stage at the age of five and, you know, basically just took it from there. That's so awesome. So what instruments does your dad play? My dad's a keyboard and pianist. Okay. And full-time? I mean, back in the day he was full-time. Now he does it part-time. Okay. Very cool. Because I was going to ask you, I mean, coming from a South Asian background where we're supposed to be doctors, how did your parents (laughs) react? But I guess that was an easier discussion for you, huh? (laughs) Well, you know what? It's funny because I have a twin sister that is one minute older than me and uh, she's a doctor. And it's funny that in the community or wherever I go, there's always that comparison. Oh, she's a doctor. And what about you? I'm a drummer. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, I mean, my parents were supportive, but, um, it took some time for sure to convince them (laughs) to do this full time, to do this full time. And, you know, my, my mom, especially she's an academic. So for her to understand that this life of inconsistencies in terms of pay and, you know, not having a nine to five job was difficult for her to understand. So she told me that, okay, if you want to do this, you have to go to university for music, at least get some sort of degree. And then she's like, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, okay. So I got a degree in, in jazz and world music at a university in Toronto. Oh, that's awesome. So she came, she came around once you guys came to that agreement that you would still go ahead and get your university degree. Yeah, exactly. Did she always blame your dad? Which I was like, this is all your fault. (laughs) (laughs) She does. I mean, when she's having a bad day and, you know, things are not going as planned for her, she, there's a lot of blaming going on for sure. (laughs) That's so funny. I don't know if we ever talked about this in Portugal, but I have a twin sister too, who's a minute older than me. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's an investment banker slash private equity slash real estate. Like, I really don't know what she does. I just know she makes like triple about the amount of money that I make. And she's like, why don't you make money? And I'm like, I don't want to. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
I mean, I want to, but like, I she doesn't understand why I would spend time doing things that don't make money, like comedy or something. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we could we could have a conversation about this one. Definitely. Day. So Billboard magazine calls you a self-taught drumming whiz. <laughs> so I know you said you picked up the drums when you were like two, and you were on stage by the time you were five. Like, when was that aha moment when you knew that? drumming is what you wanted to be doing um it's funny that I feel like that was the only option that I had in my life and that was my normal rather than it just being a decision to do anything if that makes any sort of sense but um I remember when I graduated high school or this was like the day after prom I put up a video on YouTube of a drum cover to Envy Envy Salem Suleiman's like one of their biggest hits they flew into Toronto for the big IFA festival that was happening. And the day before they found my video online, they said, you know, you're amazing. We want to meet you when you come down, when we come down. I said, yeah, for sure. Not a problem. I didn't think much of it, but I was very flattered from their comments. Um, There was an IFA music workshop and they randomly called me up in front of a lot of people, in front of people from the Bollywood industry. They played my five minute video on the screen. Like I had no idea. And I was drumming to their song and like five minutes of like attention. And for me, I was like, holy smokes. And for me, that was like, okay, you know what? Like I, you know, I want to do this full time and I want to pursue it. I feel like that was kind of that, that hope for me that, you know, I can do something out of this. That's awesome. Do do you play any other? So I grew up playing piano. I took classical piano for 10 plus years. I studied Indian Hindustani, like classical singing for 10 plus years. I played violin throughout junior high and elementary school. Also studied a lot of percussion growing up. Like I studied tabla for a lot of years, dholak, played a lot of dhol, played a lot of Latin percussion. So I dabbled in a lot of different things. Wow. Yeah, you did. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And And your mom still was like, I don't know if you should be doing this. That's so funny. You know, it's really funny because my dad being a musician, he'd hire a lot of different musicians and then he would see how the drummer had to arrive first and leave last, carry all this gear. So he told me something. He's like, I'm always behind you in anything that you want to do, but why do you want to be a drummer? He's like, no one cares about the drummer. The drummer's at the back. Drummer carries the most. He's like, why don't you become a singer? So that's, so it's funny. Like I'm completely self-taught on drums growing up, but I had a singing teacher and I had a piano teacher for like over 10 years because he wanted me to take that direction. So I don't have to suffer. And, you know, usually the singer makes more money than the musician as well. So, you know, it was all from good intention and he tried his best, but you know, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Well, you seem to be <laughs> yeah. doing great. I mean, do you regret it now looking back on your career? Not at all. It's, it's like this fire and this love that I just have for drums that it's, I feel like it's my purpose. So it's fun to be on this journey. I love that. I love how it's your purpose. So tell me, cause I, I, it's so hard for me to explain this to people, but when you're on the drums, how do you, how does that make you feel? Like what is, what is the sensation that overcomes you that you know that it's your purpose? It's very interesting because I feel that first music for me is a place to be very vulnerable and to really feel what I'm feeling and let it out, whether it's sad, happy, whatever it is. So drums is this sort of extension of my being, I would say. And yeah, that, did, did that answer your question? <laughs> that did. That was so deep. I okay. like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a really good, uh, I think, and I think I saw that on your Instagram too. There was a meme or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, this is a stupid question because I'm not a musician and and I and I stalk your Instagram. Um, do you? <laughs> I mean, it shows up on I my feed, and I love watching. I love watching you. I've been obsessed since I met you in uh, Lisbon, Portugal. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to ask: So, do you mostly perform solo acts, or are you part of a larger conglomerate or a band? Yeah. So for me, I consider myself to be more so of a freelance musician who plays a variety of genres. So, you know, from one week I'll have maybe like I play gospel music every Sunday. I play jazz music, like, you know, fusion, traditional. Um, I play Latin music, Latin jazz as well. I play like a lot of funk, a lot of R&B, obviously Indian music as well. Um, but I also am involved in a bunch of clinic situations. I'm endorsed by a bunch of companies such as Yamaha drums, Silgen cymbals, Evans Drumheads, and Vicforth drumsticks. And they invite me different places around the world to do clinics. Like I just did a drum festival in Spain, you know, playing solo drums to my own music. Uh, I did a drum clinic tour in Mexico. We did three cities. So I would say it's a balance of both, but I love playing with people. That's my first pick for sure. So you mentioned something, how you have a bunch of sponsors, and I read this in the Billboard magazine as well. It's that you've been labeled as part of a growing class of musicians with a big online following or are helping instrument companies reach new customers. So for the creatives listening right now, like how did you grow your social media so that you could become an influencer? It's funny because um, I, so my dad being a musician, he was, he, he, he was a very involved musician. So for instance, when an artist would come from India, he would be the first call. And then obviously I would play drums and he would call me, but that was the extent of it. It's not like, you know, he had a lot of links into the industry, especially into the industries that I was very interested in keen on getting into. So for me, you, like I started putting up YouTube videos, like maybe a decade ago. And for me, it was just an outlet like, Hey, you know what? This is what I do. Check it out. If this interests you, great. If it doesn't, you know, I'll get back to work and keep practicing. And it also was a way to track my progress, you know, to see how I sound. Because when you see yourself visually and you hear yourself online, it's like you get to see your what your difficulties or what you need to work on as well. So it was like, it was not, it was nothing serious. It's not like I had a target or a goal. It was just that, hey, let me just do this as a pastime. And my mom and sister both encouraged it as well, especially being in Canada. You have, we have a lot of resources, a lot of talent, but, um, the links to the industry I feel are very limited to reach an international audience. So mm -hmm. my mom's like, Hey, you know, call, call yourself Sarah, the Des Desi girl on YouTube. I'm like, mom, no, <laughs> like no way. So these, her and my whole family started giving me these weird names. And then somehow it came up Sarah T drum guru. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. And I stuck with it since. And yeah, I've been doing that. Okay, since. So, you, so you started on YouTube and then you, you took your following to Instagram. Yeah, I started on YouTube and Facebook. And then I would say in the last three years when Instagram really blew up, um, mm -hmm. I started moving everything on there. Okay, so you would tell creatives that they should just start putting some of their stuff, their content online and getting people to see it. I would say so. And see, for me, being a musician, my main goal is not to be like an online star. For me, like Instagram and social media is a vessel for me to get opportunities to play in live settings. Like, whereas, you know, when I started, I was doing a lot of basement videos, but now what I do is I record every gig and recording session that I do and post that content online, kind of like having a resume of work that I've done. Um, because for me, when I just start focusing on, let me put up videos on Instagram of me just playing by myself or to become like an online drummer, I started feeling, it didn't feel fulfilling to me. So I use Instagram basically as a vessel, not 
like more so of a destination. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But when you put stuff up online, do you feel like then people expect new stuff every time they do see you live? They do. And I, I'm just kind of like, I can't have, I don't take that pressure too much to heart because I'm every day I have something going on. So, I mean, I encourage everyone to see me live as much as they can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious from a, as a comedian, one of the reasons I don't put my stuff online is then I'm like, oh man, if I put this great joke online, what am I going to say at the show tomorrow? <laughs> it's a tough thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you talked about this a little bit with your YouTube videos, but how do you, as an independent artist, how do you continue to challenge yourself and make sure that you're growing? I always look at people who are better than me when it comes to music or just drumming in general. I always just try to set the bar higher. I have these goals that I write down that kind of are endless goals instead of I'm going to achieve this thing and that's it. So I just aim as high as I can. So, I mean, you've been super successful in your career. You've traveled the world. You've done, you've opened for some amazing people. You've been the, you've been the headliner. I guess what, what traits do you believe helped you um, get this far in your career? You know, this may sound really funny, but I honestly believe if you work on being a better person and that means, you know, owning up to your flaws, owning up to the mistakes that you've made you know, being humiliated and owning up to it, you know, people skills, you know, how to be nice, you know, how to read a room, how to be humble, you know, how to really say thank you, you know, how to have empathy. I really believe is if you work on all of these things, like, you know, how to, how to manage your time, how to, how to reach a goal, everything else to me will fall in place because then you develop a good work ethic. You develop, you know, business skills, you know, how to have, how to manage your time, how to exercise every day. You know, my weakness is, you know, my looks, you know, if I, if it was up to me, I would wear sweatpants every single day. And I was at one point (laughs) and my sister was like, you know, Sarah, this is not good. You know, people are going to think that you're homeless, you know, take care of yourself. (laughs) So it's like, I'm trying to read these fashion magazines and I'm owning up to my weaknesses. So I just say, you know, aim to be a better person and that will show in your craft and, you know, your everyday being, because being a musician is a part of what I do, but it's also, you know, being social and it's a bunch of things. So yeah, in a nutshell, just working on being a better version of you, I would say. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. I think especially you hit on something. It was being thankful for every opportunity and just being nice to people. I think will take you so far. I definitely think so. And for me, um, I feel like I have to be happy with where I am right now. Like I'm always like, if nothing happened, if I broke my limbs and I couldn't play drums ever again, I I would still be very happy because I'm breathing and I'm living. It's like, I don't need these opportunities. It's not going to, it's not my oxygen for me. It's just a cherry on top. So what that makes me feel is a lot of gratitude. We live in a world today where everyone's chasing likes, everyone's chasing opportunities and getting angry, getting jealous, being very competitive in a negative way. But it's like, you got to really take a step back and just think, wow, I'm here right now and I'm grateful. And I don't need a lot of these things. It'd be, it's cool to have it, but I'm just so grateful to be where I am right now. And I think really owning that and understanding that in your heart is a, is a really great thing. So I want to like expand on that. Cause I think a lot of creatives f- 
lose focus on this being grateful thing. And you talked about jealousy. Like, so how do you, how do you stop yourself from falling into that trap of getting jealous of people? It's funny because I open Instagram every day and there's like drummers who are like four or, you know, killing it. And I'm like, how, or people my age, you know, doing, playing better than me or whatever it is. And it's funny that I realize that there's only one version of you and you're, and this may sound weird, but nobody cares in the end. Nobody cares if you're better than the next person. And there's an opinion on everything. It's like, um, you know, I like the TV show friends and some people like Seinfeld. I hate Seinfeld to me. It's not funny. And then one person's like, how can you like friends? Friends is not funny, but who's right. Nobody's right. It's just an opinion to me. Everything is based on an opinion. So, you know, what's better or what's worse. That's an opinion in itself. So you can just be a better version of yourself and people are going to like it. People are going to hate it, but who cares? Cause you're living this one life for you. So that's how I kind of see, you know, jealousy and competition. Wow. I've never heard it described like that. That's a very, that's a very interesting way. And I feel like people are going to be like, people are going to start emailing you about Seinfeld. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it? um, I mean, being, well, actually going back to the fashion thing real quick, you talked about how that's your weakness. I noticed you like to wear a lot of South Asian clothes when you perform is that something from your mom as well from back in the day or is that something that you just want to carry on with you your traditions and your culture? um i would say my like when it's a bollywood sort of event i definitely wear an indian outfit and my mom really encourages that i personally am not conscious of what i decide to wear like my mom and my sister make that decision for me <laughs> to be completely <laughs> honest you have nice shoes i can tell you that your sneakers oh, are on point my sister's choice <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? I Well, she has. She does. Time. And she'll be very happy to hear that. Thank you. Um, but you know what? I really believe in like you know, um, staying true to who you are or even owning up to who you are. So I love embracing, you know, our brown selves. It's a lot of fun. So what is it like being a woman in the music industry, especially a solo artist? It's funny that um, I call myself gender blind because if I start pointing out how many females they are, there are, or, Hey, I'm a female. I'm a female in this industry. Then I feel very segregated and I feel alone because number one, being a woman mm-hmm. in this industry, but then on top of that, being a drummer in this industry, Oh my God, like there are not many at all. So I just look at, you know, we're all humans who like to play the drums. And I feel that that just keeps some similarities between us. And I don't feel alone. So how do you deal with like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess, I'm not going to assume, but I'm going to guess that there are men drummers who are, who can be very chauvinistic or male oriented. How do you deal with that? And like trying to fit in as a woman, Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what does chauvinistic mean? (laughs) Sorry. Oh, like chauvinistic, like, um, uh, I'm better than you. I'm a man. Like this is a man's world. You shouldn't be. Well, it's funny because whenever someone comes across to me like that, I just realize that that's their own insecurities and it has nothing to do with me. So I just carry on and just keep doing my own thing. And I just keep my eye on the prize and what I want in my life. Yes. Yes. I did. I, you're the second or third person I think I've interviewed who has had that same mindset. It's so important for people to see that, that when people are just mean in general, it's their own insecurity. Definitely. Have you faced any other challenges in the industry? Like whether it's um, your culture, your religion, um, I don't, I don't, being from Canada? 
you know what? It's just like, I don't notice it, I guess you can say. Even if there are things that I face, you know, one thing my mom always told me, she's like, always focus on educating yourself. You know, I practice every single day. I work, my work ethic is, you know, really up there. And for me, it's like, whatever people do or all these insecurities and whatever comes my way, if I really focus on the craft, the craft is going to show, the work is going to show by itself. So nobody can't say anything if the work is on point. It's like, I know some people who don't practice every day, but you know, are great networking people. And I can tell them when they sit on the drums, there's some sort of insecurity. And so when people say things to them, they, you know, they feel a certain way. But for me, it's like, I just work so hard. I know what I'm doing or I know what I can't do. So if your if your awareness is so high, then, you know, no one can really take advantage of you. So I, so I feel like I just don't even notice what's happening around me because I know if someone's trying to manipulate me, right? Like, again, going back to like working on being a, a better person, you know, just knowing what manipulation is or being able to read or feel the intentions of other people around you. So what's next for you in terms of your career goals? Uh, so for me, I am released one big thing is I'm releasing my own album with my band and with Oh, awesome. Yeah, and featuring other artists. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And I'm hoping to release it in September of this year, all original music. So. Okay. So you're going to, you, when you say your band, you have a, a, a group of people that you're doing the whole album with? Yeah, like we've done a lot of jazz festivals together. You know, they're the core musicians, but I definitely have a lot of guest artists and stuff from around the world, actually. Oh, wow. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear Thank it. Thank you. So what advice do you have for creatives on their journey? The advice that I would give is stay true to who you are and really have a purpose with what you're doing. I know some people whose purpose or goal is to get famous, to get a lot of likes. And, you know, this may, I'm going a little deep if you don't mind, but like, I believe that whatever, thank you. Whatever I believe that's like, whatever is not tangible in my opinion lasts forever like love, energy, that stuff, you know, can never, never be broken or there's no end to it. To me, everything tangible has a start and has a finish. So it's like, you know, a lot of people try to be Instagram famous nowadays. You know, this may sound weird, but what if one day Instagram shuts down? Then what are you going to do? You know, but Mm -hmm. what if you develop the skill of working on your own business as a whole? you know, working on being a better musician. So if Instagram shuts down one day, you still have followers in general, you know, or like for me, my bigger, my biggest vision is, you know, making the world a better place, you know, having institutions or fundings for mental health for seniors. You know, I love my grandparents so much and I feel like, you know, today's generation could definitely connect with their grandparents a bit better. So, you know, just have a bigger vision of life and, you know, not just be focused on Instagram famous or whatever, you know, use all these platforms as a vessel. So that coupled with be true to who you are, that would be my advice. And you had mentioned have a bigger purpose than being famous. May I ask you, what's your purpose? Yeah. So for me, you know, my purpose is to make the world a better place through music, you know, bringing smiles to people, you know, sharing my struggles with other people. Uh, one day I want to, you know, open some sort of institutions or, you know, charities or whatever it may be to help poverty and, you know, people who are struggling, like I said, you know, mental illness and to help seniors and a bunch of these things through music. You know, for me, music is not a destination for me. It's a vessel for me. And I just keep working at it, working at it, working at it to make the world a better place or to, 
help towards my goal. That makes sense. Yes, Yes, that totally makes sense. (laughs) The Sarah Sarah Thauer drumming school for uh, turning the world. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) I'll come up with, I'll come up with a better name. (laughs) (laughs) So let's jump right into the lightning round In the lightning round. I'm going to ask you five questions, rapid fire, and you just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So first question, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, Have faith. What's your definition of success? Happiness. Who inspires you and why? My mom, her work ethic, her being in like a male dominant environment because she's an electrical engineer. And, you know, she's had some, not the best experiences with the people at her work. Some of the guys have bullied her because she's a woman, because she's an immigrant as well. And have not paid her as much at some point in time because she's an immigrant, but for her always standing on top and educating herself to, to stand above and rise above. So my mom is an inspiration for me. Do you find that that also happens in the music industry? Like uh, women are, women get paid less too? I personally have not encountered that, but I've heard a lot of my friends have encountered that. Yeah, it is a thing. Just curious, because I know, I mean, I'm in corporate America, and it's definitely a thing. And even in comedy, it's a thing like you'll be working with someone and you'll do the same amount of time and they'll have the nerve to pay the guy more right in front of you. Yeah, just like, wait, what? Yep, it happens. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) So, okay, question four, what's a habit that's helped you on your journey? Practicing every single day consistency, I would say. How long do you practice for on a daily basis? Um, If I'm lazy, I would say an hour and a half to two hours (laughs) on a medium day. I would say three to four hours on a really, really good day. I would say six hours, but I mean like, like not playing like randomly. I mean, practice as an every minute counts and I'm working on it like specific exercise. When you say exercise, like a new, a new song or a new rhythm, all of it, you know, uh, coordination, limb independence, you know, time rhythms. Yeah. Songs, styles, all that stuff. There's a lot to learn about the music industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last question. What do you want your legacy to be? I don't know. I would just say just leaving a positive mark. That's what I write down. That's yeah. a good one. Sarah, if our listeners wanted to find you online and stalk you like <laughs> I do, how could they do that? So for me right now, I am most active on Instagram. You can find me at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H. Or for my, I mean, brown people call me Sarah, but for the rest of the world, it's Sarah. Either or Sarah, Sarah T, <laughs> Drum Guru, Facebook, YouTube, all basically the same. Or you can just search up my name, Sarah Thauer. Very cool. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Hey, before you hit pause, did you find this episode helpful and enjoyable? If so, could you leave an Apple podcast, aka iTunes review? It'll take you less than one minute and mean the world to me. The more ratings and reviews the show gets, the more people are able to find this podcast. If you're unsure how to leave a review, no worries. If you're on your iPhone or iPad, go to the homepage of this show and scroll down to write a review. Click on it and you'll be able to rate and review the show. If you're on a Mac from iTunes, go to the show homepage and on the top, click ratings and reviews. Also, please subscribe to get the latest episodes once they drop. If you enjoy the episode and know someone who would love it, please share. From your iPhone, click on the icon with three dots and then share via social media, email, or text. If you want to hear more, head over to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me online. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Funny Brown Girl. 
Also, sign up for my free newsletter for more tips to advance your creative journey at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And again, if you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thank you for listening. See you next week.